This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. The day my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive as I am taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. May be seated. As you're being seated, if you would, turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew 9. On Sunday mornings, we've been in a series walking through the New Testament, first in the Gospels, eventually we'll get to the book of Acts, looking at the miracles of the New Testament, discovering those patterns, the principles of those miracles, learning how to apply those principles to our lives so that our needs would be met and so that we would walk and every blessing that our Heavenly Father has for us. Now, a few weeks ago, during the Holy Week revival, we learned that healing belongs to us. Why don't we say that? Say, healing belongs to me. Say this, say, my Heavenly Father, His will is that my every need be met, and that includes my physical body. And my Heavenly Father, His will is that I be healed, that I be well, and that I not suffer from any sickness, from any disease, or any infirmity. Jesus is the great physician. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 8, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so he still saves today. He still delivers today. He still sets free today. And he still heals the sick in 2023. Jessica just last night reminded me, sometimes on Facebook it'll show you memories of old posts, but she reminded me how during the spring of 2020, amidst of all that craziness, that on Wednesday nights my father asked me to redo a series from a long time ago entitled No Sickness in the Gospels. So even in the midst of all that craziness, the spring of 2020, that's what we were teaching here at Faith Christian Center. There's no sickness in the Gospels. Now today we come to the third of three miracles that all happened in quick succession on the same day. The first, miracle number 14, Jesus healing a woman with an issue of blood. The 15th miracle, Jesus raising Jairus' daughter back to life. And the 16th miracle, Jesus healing two blind men. And these miracles all happened in the same day. They happened quickly one after another. And we'll look at these three miracles and we'll look for the patterns and the principles. Now on previous Sundays, we've been in Mark's gospel today. Let's go to the gospel of Matthew, Matthew 9, beginning in verse 18. While he, Jesus, was saying this, a ruler came, that's Jairus, the synagogue ruler, and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come, Put your hand on her, and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. 
Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And she said to herself, if only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. We learned in a previous Sunday that in Mark 5 and verse 28, the Berean Standard Bible says she kept saying, she didn't just say, she kept saying, if only I touch his garments, I will be healed. So she said to herself, if only I touch his cloak. She kept saying again and again and again, over and over, if only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. Matthew 9, 22, Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said, your faith has healed you. Now, I've encouraged you to have your own Bible that's yours. You know, it's good to have a Bible that you can read in a modern translation that's easy for you to read. You ought to get one, you ought to have, ought to have your name on it. You ought to use it to study and read throughout the week. You ought to bring it to church with you. If you have children, it's good that they see you carry a Bible that's yours, that you bring to church with you. Or when you have devotional time as a family, they, they see you get your Bible and open your Bible. And one of the reasons for this is there are things that you need to see in the Word of God for yourself. And an example is in verse 22. And so if you have your own Bible with you, or later this week, I would encourage you to mark this, highlight this, underline this, or do all of that, then put a star next to it. Your faith has healed you. Now out there in the Christian world, there are believers and I'm sure they, they would say they love the Lord. I know they do. And there are pastors. But they would have you believe that sickness is the will of God. And they say things like, well, God puts sickness on his children to teach them things or to discipline them. Or sometimes it's God's will to heal or sometimes it's not. And they would have you believe by all those religious statements that healing is a matter of luck or chance or it being the right day or the right week or the right month or being in the right service by chance or that healing is a matter of being God's favorite. But the Bible says God does not show favoritism. And the Bible says that God is not a respecter of persons. So the, the question is not what do people out there in the Christian world say, whether they're a believer or a pastor, no matter who they are. The question is, what does the word of God say? And Jesus said to this woman in Matthew 9 and verse 22, your faith has healed you. Whose faith? Her faith. And see, if you have a need in your life or in your physical body, what will bring your healing is your faith. And that's why our job every Sunday, every Wednesday night is to take you to the Word of God to help you build your faith, to help you grow your faith, to help you develop your faith. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment when Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd. He said, go away. The girl is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. We saw that Last Sunday, they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. News of this spread through all that region. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men following him called out, have mercy on us, son of David. 
And you have to remember that this was the first century. This was not 2023 with all the technology we have, all the helps we have. There, there, in the first century, there was no social safety net. If a man was blind, he could not earn a living. If a man was blind, he would often have to wear a beggar's garment and sit in the marketplace of the city or sit outside the gates of the city and hope that people would help him. So these men were in need. And so they cried out, have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and Jesus asked them, or he said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied, or they said. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, will it be done to you? And Matthew 9, 29 is one of my life verses. Psalm 37, 4 is another one. But Matthew 9 and verse 29 is one of my life verses. According to your faith, will it be done to you? Why don't we say that? Say, according to my faith, will it be done unto me? Now, I'm getting ahead of myself. And the pattern and the principles in these miracles, the major one is confession. And in the Word of God, there are positive examples and there are negative examples. And the song before the last song during worship, we, we sang, that was right out of Deuteronomy, about the favor of God being upon you and your children and grandchildren. Moses told the people before they went into, into the promised land that God wanted to increase them a thousand times. But you remember the story, no matter what God had told them, no matter what Moses had said, they were negative. And they, there was a negative report. And 10 of the 12 spies had a negative report. Remember the people, they grumbled, they complained, they displeased God. It's a negative example. And the Lord said unto them, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. Well, that's another way of saying, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? We could also say it this way, according to your confession, will it be done unto you? So again, verse 22 and verse 29, these are verses that I would underline, I would highlight, I would mark in your Bible. According to your faith, will it be done unto you? Why don't we say that again? Say, according to my faith, will it be done unto me? In my family, in my home, in my work, in my body, in my finances. And you might say, well, bummer, this makes me responsible. Yes. See, when you're born again, Paul tells us that every man, every woman is given a measure of faith. But you don't have to live with that measure of faith, that starter kit measure of faith until the day you go to be with the Lord. You can grow your faith. You can develop your faith. You can increase your faith. And whatever the need or the circumstance in your life, it could be a physical need. It could be a financial need. You can go to the Word of God and you can grow and develop your faith in that area and you can learn how to believe God to be healed, to be well, to see the need met, to have more than enough. According to your faith, will it be done unto you? And it says, verse 30, Matthew writes, and their sight was restored. Now in these three miracles, there is a lot of saying. 
and there's a lot of confession. Didn't bring the reference, they won't have it for the screens. Proverbs 18.21, the Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now the default for most people is to speak doubt and unbelief and negativity and death. But you can speak life to your life. And you can speak life to your circumstances. Jesus said to the two blind men, according to your faith will it be done unto you. And yet how many believers make no effort to grow their faith? If you are not here Wednesday night, I would encourage you to download, not just watch or listen to the message, download and save it. Because pastor dealt with this. Too many believers don't make any effort to grow or develop their faith. Then when there's a major life challenge or emergency, often with someone's physical body, then they want to learn how faith works. But to make it worse than that, often when there's a physical challenge, they'll try this, they'll try that, they'll do everything the world can do. They'll do everything a doctor can do. And then after they've done everything that the world can do or the doctor can do, then they want to try God or then they want to try faith. And it does not work. You've got to learn what faith is. You've got to learn how faith works. You've got to learn how to develop and grow and use your own faith. And the way we grow our faith is by hearing, confessing, and taking action on the word of God. James 1 verse 22 says, but be doers of the word. Say, say, I'm to be a doer. So the word we hear and the word we know, we're to take action on. But be doers of the word. Not hearers only deceiving or deluding yourselves. The NIV, it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Isaiah 119 says, if you'll be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. The Living Bible says, if you'll only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. That's what the Lord was doing with that first generation Moses led out of Egypt. He was wanting to bring them into a blessed place, the promised land. Were there some challenges? Yes. Were there some giants to conquer? Yes. Were there some uh, large cities and large armies to deal with? Yes. Do you think the Lord was going to let them fail? No. But they got negative. And the Lord said, I will do to you. See, if you'll go back and read all that, the people, they didn't speak negatively about themselves. They spoke negatively about their children. And the Lord did not like it. And so he said to the parents, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. Then who went into the promised land? Their children with the two old guys, Joshua and Caleb, and even though I say they're old, the Bible says that they were just as strong in their senior years as they were in their young years. Why? Well, those that died in the desert, it was according to your faith, will it be done unto you? And to Joshua and Caleb said, we can, we will. It was according to your faith, will it be done unto you? So it has everything to do with what you're believing. It has everything to do with what you're saying and confessing. It has everything to do with the action you're taking. Say this, say, Jesus said it will be according to my faith. So I'm going to believe for God's best. 
Kenneth Hagin Sr. would say it this way, that if, if it's God's best that we eat the best of the land, it must be his will that we live in the best of the land and we drive in the best of the land. We wear the best of the land. 9 a.m., pastor used the illustration of food. To eat good food costs more money than eating junk food. To eat healthy food, to eat beef that's 100% beef, that, that's more expensive than the alternatives. And so in these days, we've got to learn what faith is. We've got to learn how to grow and develop our faith, and we've got to learn how to use our faith. And the world system is to enslave us until the day we die. And that's why the, the mountain just keeps getting steeper and steeper and steeper and steeper. So the only alternative is to believe God. The only alternative is to have faith in God. Say it again. Say, Jesus said, according to my faith, will it be done unto me? So I'm going to believe for God's best. First, we see that the synagogue ruler had a positive confession. Tell your neighbor, say positive. Tell your other neighbor, say not negative. Matthew 9, 18. While he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before Jesus and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. What incredible words of faith. And this synagogue ruler, he had no Holy Week revival. He had no week of increase. He had no week of special meetings or camp meetings or any of that. And yet he came to Jesus and said, put your hand on her and she will live. Second, we see that the woman with the issue of blood had a positive confession. She said to herself, verse 21, if only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. In Mark's account, Mark 5, 28, the Berean Standard Bible, she kept saying, if only I touch his garments, I will be healed. The King James, I, I will be made well. See, see, what are you saying in your life? Are you saying there's no way, there's no how, it'll never happen? Or are you saying with God, all things are possible? Are you saying the need will be met? The bill will be paid? Are you saying I'm getting stronger? Or are you saying I'm going to die? According to your faith, will it be done unto you? Third, we see that Jesus responded to the woman's positive confession with his own positive confession. Matthew 9, verse 22, take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you. Whose faith? Her faith. And again, verse 29, according to whose faith? Your faith. Will it be done unto you? Fourth, we see that Jesus responded to the synagogue ruler's positive confession with his own positive confession. He told the crowd, go away, the girl is not dead but asleep, but they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up, and news spread throughout all the region. Mark's gospel, which is Peter's account, tells us, Mark 5, 41, Jesus said to Lithicum, which says, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Fifth, we see that the two blind men had a positive confession. You know, it's amazing. Sometimes I'll say this to Jessica privately. I guess I shouldn't admit this in church. You know, the name on the building is Faith, and we consider ourselves faith people, and we teach on faith and confession and these positive things on a regular basis. Sometimes I'll, I'll tell Jessica, 
You know, it's amazing how someone's been in church 10, 20 years, but they're still so negative. And I think we all want to believe we're very positive, but I think if you honestly, if you're married, ask your spouse, they would tell you you're not positive all the time. And so to whatever degree we think we have mastered our confession and we have mastered the words coming out of our mouth, we can all do a better job. Why don't you tell yourself that? Say, I can do a better job. And we can all do a better job being positive and saying what the word says. And again, why? Because the, these two men were blind, and yet they had a positive confession. They called out, have mercy on us, son of David. When Jesus had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, or he said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Now, there are too many believers who don't believe God is able. So first, you have to settle in your heart. These two blind men had no New Testament. They were not born again. They did not know all that you and I know. And yet they believe that God is able. So you have to settle in your heart that he is able. But not just that. We, we have more word than they had. We've got the New Testament. We have the New Covenant. We're born again. We have all the revelation of the teaching and preaching of God's word and this new covenant for 2,000 years. So we just should not stop at saying God is able. In your life, in your home, in your family, in your circumstances, with your body, and in your finances, you ought to say God will. Not only is he able, but he will. Yes, there's a need. Yes, there is an unexpected bill. Yes, God is able, but in my life, he will. Why? Because I'm his son. I'm a child of the most high God. I, I, I walk in covenant with him. And if in prayer or my time with him, if there's anything the Lord deals with me about, we, we deal with it. We, we address it. We, we get it behind. So there ought not be any hindrance. So not only is he able, he will. And in your physical body, there, there might be this or that issue. There might be something that you are overcoming. There are a lot of believers out there in Christendom. They, they love the Lord. They love Jesus. They love the Bible. And they might say, God is able. But we ought not operate at the level of two men that did not have the New Testament. Because we have more word than they had. Yes, if there is a need in my physical body, yes, my heavenly Father is able. You might say, is Austin, you're going to say he will? I would say that, but technically that is not correct. Because he has. By the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. I'm not trying to get him to do something. He's already done it. Jesus has already paid the price. It's mine. It has my name on it. So I've got to grow up. I've got to get past he's able. And when it comes to healing in my physical body, my confession ought to be 
he has. By the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied, or they said. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, will it be done to you? And their sight was restored. Now notice that like, like with Jairus, like with the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus responded to the positive confession of these two blind men with his own positive confession. Matthew 9, verse 29, he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? Three miracles in a row. Three positive confessions in a row. And Jesus' approach and response was consistent. Jairus was positive. Jesus was positive. The woman with the issue of blood was, had a positive confession. Jesus had a positive confession. The two blind men had a positive confession. Jesus had a positive confession. It's time to give up all the religious excuses. Well, I believe God can. You got to get past that. He will or he has. It's yours. It belongs to you. You know, if somebody asked me if I was going to the coronation of the king in England, I would say no. I'm not a part of the family. I'm not invited. I don't have an invitation. But I am a part of the family of God. And what Jesus paid the price for, every benefit belongs to me. And picture the marriage supper of the Lamb, that great feast. We all will have a place at the table. Maybe you've been to some fancy dinner where they had little name tags on the table. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, there is a place at God's table that has your name on it. And we are all going to sit down together and feast. But you got to see yourself that way in Christ now, that we're the children of God. We're his sons and daughters. Everything Jesus paid for, every right, benefit, privilege belongs to us. So, you know, during all that craziness in 2020, you know, in the New York Times, that I think this was even in the fall of 2021, you know, fancy people, the big city, the New York Times advocated that if people got together for Thanksgiving, they make the children sit outside, you know, in the cold in New York so that they wouldn't expose the adults. You know, we've got a little play table for our kids that during the summer they'll eat at. Got another little picnic table. You know, if, if I tried to sit on that, I would probably break it. But don't have this mentality that, well, you know, you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough to sit at the big, you got you to gotta go outside and sit at the, the little kids. No, 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 no. Every right, every benefit, every blessing, every privilege belongs to us in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to sit down and I'm going to eat. I'm going to partake. And the banquet table, it includes the forgiveness of our sins. It includes our salvation but it also includes the healing of our physical bodies. It includes our needs being met. 
It includes more than enough because our father, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He is not going to run out. And if all of you believe God for too much, there will still be plenty left over. So that's how we ought to see ourselves in Christ. All three individuals, well, four actually, Jairus, the woman with the issue of blood, the two blind men, they all had a positive confession. And Jesus responded with the positive confession. And this reminds us of what we find out in the book of Hebrews, that Jesus is the high priest of our profession. And the word for profession, homologia, means to say the same thing. To say the same thing God says. To say what the word says. That's what God can bless. Jesus is the high priest of our profession. Literally, are saying the same thing God says. Jesus is watching over our words. And he's waiting to see if we will say the same thing he says. Or the same thing his word says. And he can only say amen or be in agreement with us when we're in agreement with him and we're in agreement with his word. Hebrews 3 verse 1, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, are literally, are saying the same thing. But how many believers, they, they love the Lord. They love Jesus. They carry their Bible to church, but they do not say the same thing the Bible says. They do not say the same thing Jesus says. And that prayer, Jesus cannot answer. That confession, he cannot get into agreement with because he is the high priest of our profession, our saying the same thing he says, our saying the same thing his word says. Not things that are contrary to him, to his nature, or to his word. And again, you have all these religious ideas. Well, Brother Austin, sometimes the Lord, the Lord teaches people by making them sick. Why is there not a single example of that in the Gospels? Why did Jesus never make anyone sick? Why, on this day, four people, three miracles, all wonderfully healed. Why is there not an example of Jesus making four people sick on the same day? Somebody might say, well, I, I heard a sermon once where in sickness we bring glory to God. You go to John's gospel, the man born blind. And Jesus says that this happened to bring glory to God. But then he heals the man. It's the man's healing that brings glory to God. It's the blind man seeing that brings glory to God. Not the blind man remaining in darkness. Yesterday, Jessica and I had two baseball games. Not the Rangers, little kids baseball. Although I think it's more exciting than the Rangers, amen. We were at Samuel's game, and where that ball field was, there was a large ant bed, and Jessica had told the kids to stay away. But you know, little ones, they're just doing their own thing, and they're all over the place. And especially after Emily finished a bag of donut holes, she was all over the place. And so before we knew it, she had stepped into that large mound of fire ants, and Jessica with the 
Lightning quick instincts only a mother has. Grabbed her and was getting her shoes and socks off and thankfully she didn't get any ant bites. But there are religious people that would have you believe that Father God would leave her in the ant pile to teach her something or to bring glory to himself somehow. But Jessica and I, we, we moved as fast as possible so that no harm would come to her. And Jesus said, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more, how much more, how much more will our Heavenly Father give good things to those who ask? Now, as they get older, you say, don't do that, and they do that. Those are some life lessons. But that's not the same thing as me as the parent doing something mean or unkind or hurtful to hurt them. So you got to set all that negativity aside. Got to set all that religion and religious stuff aside. Our Heavenly Father is good. Say this, say, He wants me well. He wants me healthy. He wants me whole. He wants me strong. He wants my every need met. Jesus is the high priest of our profession. Our saying the same thing God says. And what we say or confess is a kind of sowing. Hebrews 4 and verse 14 saying then that we have a great high priest who has passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Let us hold fast to our saying the same thing he says. Hebrews 10, verse 23, let us hold fast. Again, let us hold fast. There will be times in life when you're discouraged or there will be times in life where Satan has lined up someone to be negative to you. You won't feel like holding fast. You won't feel like saying what the word says. You won't feel like being positive. But that is precisely when you must say what the word says. Let us hold fast the profession, the homologia of our faith, without wavering, for he is faithful who promised. Remember what Jesus said in Mark 11, beginning in verse 22. And he said unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall why don't we say it? Say, say. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. You know, Austin, I thought it was someone else's fault. I, I thought it was the government's fault. I thought it was my fifth grade teacher's fault. According to your faith will it be done unto you. And Jesus said, we shall have whatsoever we say it. And if you don't like what you have, you have to change what you are saying. If you get invited to lunch and order something weird, and it looks weird, and it tastes weird, that's not God's fault. That is your fault. You opened your mouth and you called for something weird and they brought you exactly what you ordered. 
you shall have whatsoever you say. And instead of ordering sickness, instead of ordering, I'm tired, I hurt, I'm in pain, I'm old, you've got to order what you want. You're strong. You're healthy. You're whole. You may not feel 100%, but we serve the God who quickens and strengthens our physical mortal body. Instead of calling for a lap, there's not enough, there's not going to be enough. you got to call for what you want. There's so much coming in, I don't even know what to do with it all. You have to order what you want. You shall have whatsoever you say. This is going to be my best year ever. This is going to be my most productive year ever. This is going to be my biggest sales year ever. And just because something's not working out over here, don't get negative. Say what you want. Order what you want. Ask God to give you wisdom. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you ideas. Therefore, I say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Faith agrees with God. Faith agrees with his word. Faith takes sides with God and with his word. And faith isn't just what we believe. It's what we do. It's what we say. Faith speaks. Faith talks. Faith confesses. And faith says what the word says. Jesus said to the two blind men, according to your faith, will it be done unto you. All Three individuals believed something, all four, all four individuals in these three miracles believed something good would happen. All four said something good would happen. And all four not only confessed, but they took action by going to see Jesus because they believed that if they could get to where Jesus was, they would be healed. Faith is evidenced by our confession. But faith is also evidenced by what we do. When Jesus walked around and ministered during those three, three and a half years, there were those that didn't believe. They doubted. They questioned. How many didn't receive a miracle? Because they stayed home. How many didn't receive a miracle? Because on the outskirts at the Sermon on the Plain or the Sermon on the Mount, they stood at the back and doubted that he was the Messiah. And yet there were those, like Jairus, like the woman with the issue of blood, these two blind men, they believed and they said. And then they evidenced their faith by what they did. They got up from wherever they were. They made whatever effort was necessary. They went to see him. The woman with the issue of blood, she made the effort to reach out and touch the edge of his garment. Jairus made the effort to get to Jesus. I know she will live. And in these three miracles to two, the two examples Jesus said, 
First to the woman with the issue of blood, your faith has healed you. But then to the two blind men, according to your faith, will it be done unto you. We all have a measure of faith. Identify your measure of faith, your level, and believe God. But don't just stay there. Grow your faith, develop your faith. As Fred Price would say, have ever-increasing faith. Believe God, because if you'll believe God with him, all things are possible. Please bow your heads. You might be here today, and perhaps you have never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and the Savior of your life. I spoke of being a part of the family of God. I spoke of all the blessings and benefits and privileges that belong to us being a part of the family of God. But it all begins by making Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life. He loves you, and he gave his life for you so you could be a part of the family of God. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You might be here today and say, Austin, I've never done that. I've never believed upon him, but I want to. I want to be a part of the family of God. If that's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand, raise it up high where I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You say, Austin, I want to be a part of the family of God. Raise your hand where I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. You might also be here today and at a time in your life, you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you know you've not been walking with the Lord. You've been doing your own thing and you have paid the price. Maybe you blamed it on God, maybe you blamed it on others, but in your heart, you know. The Bible tells us the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that he restores the years the locusts have eaten. And he's good, he's gracious, he's merciful. When you come home and you're restored, you're not a second or third class citizen. You're not at the little kitty table outside the banquet hall. And the prodigal son came home. His father put the ring back on his finger, put the robe back on his back. Our heavenly father, he's gracious. He's merciful. You can have a new beginning and fresh start today. You can know. You can leave knowing you have peace with God. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. Pray with me. I need to recommit my life. I need to make things right with God before I leave this service. That's you. Raise your hand to where I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to recommit my life. For the sake of those watching or listening online, you might say, Austin, pray with me. Repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. And I've paid the price. I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. Thank you for a new beginning and a fresh start. Thank you for setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. In Jesus' name, amen.
If you prayed that prayer with me, watching or listening online now or later, take a few minutes, go to the address on the screen. There's a short form to fill out. We don't want anything from you. We just want to be a blessing. If you don't have a Bible, we'll send you a Bible. We'll also send you a copy of God's Very Own Child, short book by my father, our senior pastor. Take you about an hour to read, but it'll help you get started in living this new life for God. Well, I hope the message today was a blessing and encouragement to you.